It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Skidical Operation Nightmare! And you're watching the number one show on Long Island with Monty and the Barrel. Ha! Uh, straight out of indie music TV here out of Ron Conkama, Long Island. At the board is none other than super producer Matt. Matty, how are you, pal? Doing great, as always. Uh, we missed you on Thursday. Uh, we took a little break because Ooh. we're doing a double shot today. To the right is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, how are you, bud? Good morning, ladies and germs. Back again. What's going on, partner? Uh, same old, same old, man. Uh, corona's striking hard. You a little worried? Yeah, well, didn't they say this was coming anyway because the cold weather is coming? I feel like we're all being marionetted, personally. But, you know, the well, what cold do you think weather's about, coming, so here it is again. What do you think about the whole Thanksgiving thing? What do you mean? Well, well they're saying you, in New York you can't have more than ten people gathering or is you that can get arrested. Is That's that what they're, they're saying? saying? Yeah. So, uh, like, when someone's carving the turkey dinner, i got to hang by the bathroom? <laughs> is that the deal? Oh, that sounds very uh, wholesome and together. Happy uh, holidays, I folks. don't know, man. I just was just really? hoping for all this crap to go away. Yeah. Just to well, go away. watch it miraculously go away in the next six months. Good. I hate to, you know, be... You know what? If that's what comes out of this whole mess, I think that's what's going to happen. Wow, what do you know? He's gone and uh, the disease is gone too. What do you know? Anyway, that's how I feel. But, you know, enough about me. How about you? I'm going to tow the line. I'm just towing the line, line I'm just brother. Throw myself it's a new out me. There. It's a new We're me. We're all being played. Anyway. I'd like to thank the band that sings the theme song to the Monty and the Farrow yeah, show, our own Jimmy oh, Farrow, well, along you, with his partner, Bart Griggs. Make up the band Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall songs can be found on Spotify, oh. iTunes, and Reverb Nation. Yeah. Monty and the Farrow can be seen on YouTube. Monty and the Farrow Facebook Live page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV. RTF Sports Network, they're there at Anchor Show from seven, uh, Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Right. Channel 115 every Tuesday from yeah. 7 p.m. to 7 Thursday. That's right. 7.30, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. In the reduced version. Re- You're back to calling it reduced. It's reduced. abbreviated. It's condensed. It's not reduced. And Saturday from like 6 a.m. to right. 6.30 a.m. And uh. then for That's late your time. night. Vampires like yourself on Friday at 2.30 in the morning. morning. We'll be right back after this commercial break because this is a holy shit moment for the Monty and Afaro show. so it is. We have WWE, really WWF, AWA, decorated Olympic weightlifter. This is a holy shit moment. It is. Mr. Kempitaro will be right back. We shall return. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto excellence. Collision specialists. 631-261-6420. 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call 631-549-1544. That's 631-549-1544. 
And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen only here out of Indie Music TV in Ronkonkoma, New York. Mm. Our special guest, Mr. Ken Patera. Thank you for joining us. Thank Ken. you. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. Man, I'll even clap for myself. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. There we go. We tried to we tried to pawn off some uh, good fucking wine to Mr. Patera, <laughs> but he informed drink? us he only drinks good fucking beer. So. I know. It's a WTF moment. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. Mr. Patera, how are you holding up during this state of the country right now? I, uh, well, holding up that it's kind of a personal yeah, well. moment. <laughs> I oh, use I issue? use staples and duct tape. Hold up. Yeah. Blue? Yeah. Uh, I live right next to 3M head, <clears throat> headquarters there in St. Paul, Minnesota, and they have a huge supply of duct tape and staples. <laughs> and then uh, for me to remember to go get duct tape and staples, I have the postum notes that they also... <laughs> They invented post-it notes, you know. Three up. Don't you know? There, there we go. Yeah, right. I just put put them on my forehead. Sometimes I'll get fifty, sixty at a time. <laughs> yeah, I, it's unbelievable. I need, I need, I need to move next to a three M factor. You got, you got room in your house, like an apartment or something <laughs> like that. Uh, I can rent it out. The big. What is rent uh, in Minnesota right I, now? I, I got two dogs down there, uh, two Rottweilers, about one hundred and eighty pounds apiece. I like dogs. Yeah, they're killers. Oh. Yeah, you get along good with them. They, 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 Wait a minute, you're gonna put my partner down in a basement with two killer well, Rottweilers? Well, they'd only to- take one leg, you know. <laughs> He's a good friend. Seriously, <laughs> what what is rent in Minnesota? First of all, I got to understand this. A man of your stature. I know you grew up in Minnesota. Why no. the hell would you? Didn't you? I thought you were born in I Minnesota. Grew up in Portland, Oregon. Okay. That's where they do the real burning. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, here we go. So, <laughs> anybody got a match? Why right. live in Minnesota? <laughs> Like, what is attractive about Minnesota? Well, it's cold, weather, I mean, it's yeah. miserable. Yeah, and full Why of anarchists you? and communists and <laughs> is it this just downright oh, fucking assholes. My God. But uh, in between all this shit, you really have some nice people. And it, believe it or not, uh, it's really a nice place to live. Is it really? Once you get out of the Twin Cities, because the Twin Cities are evolving into another Chicago, Milwaukee crap hole, you know. Mm. But you get out in uh, greater Minnesota, it's actually a gorgeous uh, state with all the lakes. You know, it's a a state of 10,000 lakes, you know, Minnesota, don't you know? But actually there's over 14,000 lakes. And uh, that's the head, up in the middle of the state is where the Mississippi River actually begins. Mm. At the, that's where the headwaters are. And, uh, you know, I talk about all the things to do outdoors there. If you don't have a snow machine uh, or a pickup truck, you're not going anywhere. You should have looked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially during the winter. I don't know, man. I just want to move somewhere warm mm-hmm. yeah, 24-7. Not Minnesota. We well, can get a I, snow I camp. I lived all over. And okay. so I grew up in Portland, Oregon. And uh, my brother Jack Patera, he was a defensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings from uh, 
68 to 75. And then he became the first head coach ever of the Seattle Seahawks in 76. So he moved from Minnesota to Seattle, of course. And uh, I stayed in Minnesota. That was my headquarters. And uh, But I traveled literally all over the world, you know, in the wrestling business. And prior to that, I was uh, in the Olympic Games in 72 Olympics in Munich, Germany, as a weightlifter, of mm. course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, most people do remember your brother as the first coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. But honestly, I think it's even more impressive that he was the defensive line coach for the Purple People Eaters. Yeah, Am I getting absolutely. this right? And that's when they used to Dude. go to the Super Bowl all the time, but yeah. they, they never won. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why they never won. His defensive line—they'd come in the summer camp weighing two sixty to two eighty, and when they go to the Super Bowl, they weighed two twenty, two fifteen. Mm. Yeah, it's called Benny's. Uh, uh, not Benny and the Jets. Come on, <laughs> Ben's a dream. Okay, they're all hyped up on. Uh, uh, Benny's, mm, you really? know, like like my brother says, uh, Carl Eller and uh, Jim Marshall, they couldn't even do practice without taking a handful of Benny's. Wow. Of course, back then, uh, the team uh, trainer, he had huge bottles of pills, and, you know, the dispensary was always opened. So, you know. So maybe it's not Marshall's fault he ran the wrong way. How the hell do we know what he was taking that time? That's right. You he did go know. the wrong way. I mean, it was like, dude, you're going the wrong way. I don't know how you remember this shit, so, man. Dude, that's a pretty famous he play. He did run Marshall. the wrong way. He ran the wrong way. Yeah. The whole length of the field. It was like terrible. 60 years. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's take a left turn. Ken, how do you feel about the election? How do you, any uh, thoughts on how the election has turned out, my friend? Well, this is how I see it. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> oh, boy. That's Biden. <laughs> For those that haven't been keep staying up on the on the news, uh, Donald Trump has always been my hero. Okay. Yeah, I met him back in '88, and uh, I think I yeah, I met him at uh, in '86 or '87 also uh, at that uh, big hotel that he bought his first wife and renovated it right across from. Uh, Central Park. What was the name of that place? Huge know. hotel. What a gorgeous place. I was in there having breakfast because I was on the Today Show uh, at that time with uh, David Hartman. Okay. You remember him? Mm-hmm. And what, what was the blonde that was on that show? Uh, He's got me, Mike. She, I'm not you got me on, on this one. one. Today Show? Five, seven years old now. Shit, I don't know. She's an old hag. <laughs> wow. Actually, she still looks pretty good. I think she's the one that does the commercials for uh, nursing homes now because her mother <laughs> is uh, 118 and her mother is in this nursing home. Well, she's an older hag, the mom. Yeah, an older hag. Yeah, than the old hag. Yeah. Okay. It's tough yeah. getting old, bro. <laughs> it's tough getting old. But, you know, <laughs> guys don't become old hags. They just become older. Old. Older. Yeah, yeah but these women. With I, dignity. Yeah. Some, right. Oh, they okay. all. <laughs> With <laughs> dignity. Not all of them, just a slick, <laughs> select <me>. few. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Donald Trump uh, won the election for the second time. He's still our president. Hmm. Uh, when you when you see what the Democrats did, you know, uh, 
Sleepy Joe Biden stayed in his basement cellar for uh, uh, a year, at okay. least a year. Okay. And they bring him out on a gurney and prop him up. And uh, Joe, what we got? What? We got some questions for you, Joe. He's looking to his right, and the answers or questions coming from the left. And then he looks up, he looks down, and he forgets what the question was. Now tell me, that's going to be president, the next president of these United States of America? No, no. It'd be in name only. But I, I, I still believe in miracles. Okay. That Trump is going to pull it out. And uh, what's the uh, uh, political climate out here on Long Island? Ooh, Still, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder about it, and I don't know if I can, if I can, if I'm accurate about this, but according to the results, which I don't hold very mm-hmm. much stock in anyway, no, supposedly the suburbs wound up voting in favor of Trump, and the city yeah. voted in general for Biden. So yeah. supposedly well, no, that's the it, well, I don't know if I buy New that. York. New York is New York blue. In general, All right, everybody story. knows New York is blue. That's in why, general, yes. you know, California. That's why I try to explain to my wife because she's always talking about the popular vote. Mm-hmm. If everything was on the popular vote, Democrats would win every time because right. California and right. New York are blue, and you're not changing yeah. those states. Right. In fact, Ken, I'll ask you, who's the last Republican to win the New York presidency vote? Hmm. Well, it had to be Reagan. Exactly, yeah. and it was, right. and he barely won. And yeah, you know right. how popular yeah. Reagan was, because right? Because he barely lost Minnesota, and Minnesota is like New York in that respect, very blue state. And I thought for sure Trump would carry Minnesota this time, mm-hmm. which he did, but he lost by three hundred fifty thousand votes. Mm. Now, how in the hell did he lose by three hundred fifty thousand votes when all the mayors up in northern Minnesota? Uh, uh, formed a pack. Most of them were Democrats. Mm-hmm. They all voted for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you figure that? That tells you how corrupt the Democrat Party is. Notice I didn't call them Democratic Party because there's nothing Democratic about the bastards. Mm-hmm. They're Democrats. And uh, they're, they're just vicious, criminal-minded People, power, power. So let power. let me ask you though this, Ken. If if okay, Biden becomes president, which it looks like is going to happen. Um, COVID goes away. The country starts to rebound. Would will you are you more open to the idea of a Biden presidency? Yes. No, absolutely not. Okay. No, no, because he's not going to be in control. You know, Who is, in your mind? Who's going to be in control? Well, the House of Representatives and Nancy Pelosi. You sure Kamala's not going to give him a well, special lunch no, to get thing, rid of him the anyway? Thing lose, <laughs> the thing that we're losing here, though, is the, re- the Republicans have the House for the next two years. So it, it, the Democrats can't push their agenda too far, right? Because we have the no, House. The, the uh, Republicans have the Senate. Right. But not the House. Okay. All right. I thought we, we had the House. We do not have the House of Representatives. Okay. No. Will that keep things at a in between somewhat? Oh sure. Okay. Oh yeah. It, All it, right. It, it'll, it'll be balanced out. But okay. Uh, thank you, sir. I don't trust those bastards as far as I can throw them. 
I used to be able to throw them a long way. What's that? But I tore both my tricep tendons off my elbows, and so. Uh, mm. uh, so uh, your friend Vince McMahon is a Republican, so you, yeah, right. So you you must believe you know, in the, Vince's ways Linda, of doing. She's a Republican. Yeah. My buddy Ric Flair, he's a stone cold Republican. I'm a Republican. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, and uh, The Rock. I don't know what got into his brain. Mm. He used to be a Republican, but mm. I don't know. It's, you know, it's too much Hollywood. Right, <laughs> right. Look, I want to. I want to ask because you know, I'd like you to elaborate a little bit. You're an American hero, okay? Olympics, weightlifting, mm. professional wrestling. You're a hero to many, many people. Yeah. Donald Trump, you said, was your hero. What What makes What makes this man make Ken Patera look up to him? Well, what is it about Donald Trump? The art of the deal. Okay. I bought his book years and years ago, and I've read it several times. As a matter of fact, I had a friend come over and do some computer stuff for me. It wasn't working right. He finally it took, two, after two hours, there was one gimmick that he forgot to push. So he pushed that gimmick, and the computer works fine. Mm. You know, all the programs come up again and everything, you know. And I told her his name's Matt. I said, Matt, what'd you do? He said, well, you see this? I pushed that. And I thought that I had already pushed it, but I forgot. I so said, that was two hours ago. So he hit launch instead of lunch. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. There you go. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. And so, so was the was book, look- that, the book yeah. anything else about Donald Trump? So I, I guess- was looking at the bookcase, and there's that goddamn book, Art of the Deal. Mm-hmm. I said, shit, I haven't read that in maybe two, three years, but I've read it. Numerous times over the years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I said, this guy's got his shit together. And uh, then I met him at his casino at WrestleMania in 88. Mm-hmm. Okay. A real nice guy. He had uh, four or five, maybe six of his henchmen with him. Henchmen. And uh, they, they, came <laughs> they came backstage. Our locker room was the back, uh, was the actually stage. And then we'd go out either side to the ring. And I was back there with uh, Andre the Giant and uh, Harley Race and a couple other guys were shooting the shit. My wife was there. Uh, we were going through a divorce. So but that, that doesn't make much sense, does it? Mm. Yeah, so she flies out here from Minnesota, uh, rents a limo out of Philadelphia, has the limo driver stop by the liquor store. She gets a big bottle of wine. She gets to the... She uh, had it rough with you, it sounds like. Yeah, it. yeah. I'm confused. Really rough. Yeah, she whined. So she shows up, and the door guy, somebody showed her to the back of the uh, um, uh, arena down there in Atlantic City. She was so fucked up. <laughs> Drunk, stumbling. She wore, wore the goddamn 10-inch heels, you know. Did you record it to use in court? I, I should have. Look at this mess. I should have. Here you go, Judge. Check this out. I was so pissed <laughs> off. I, I, I wasn't even... I, I wasn't thinking properly. You know, I just thinking, I want to kill that fucking bitch. <laughs> but anyway. I regress. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't kill her because we got kids. <clears throat> you should have asked Trump to grab it. Never mind. By the, never, nah. Yeah, right. I didn't well, hurt Trump, his campaign, so, so well, whatever. Trump showed me that trick. He said, <laughs> <laughs> right, by, right by the crotch and pick him what up. What do you tell you? Keep a stiff upper lip? 
Oh, something like that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, then. He left the door open. I walked in. Next. Ken, let me ask you. You talked about your family and your brothers, right? Mm-hmm. All, you're all famous. Yeah. What yeah. kind of sibling rivalry did you guys have? Ooh. Anything? At the dinner table. Oh, God. What that... was Thanksgiving at the Patera house? <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> Dangerous. Now, what, do you arm wrestle for the tart? Do you guys try to sleep with each other's wives and stuff Stop like that? It. Just to prove who was oh the God. dominant one? Wives? Wow. Yeah. I'm talking when we were six, seven, eight years oh, old. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. God. Give them time to grow up before they get into yeah, those Yeah, right. Anyway. Well, turkey day was always mashed potatoes, but, you know, during the week we'd have, you know, uh, uh, a pork roast, a beef roast, uh, steak, big chicken dinners, and we always had uh, baked potatoes. And I'll tell you, there were five of us when that last baked potato was sitting there. <laughs> ah! And I, I was the force to the youngest, you know. It was, well, well, Charlotte wasn't a guy, but she was tougher than most of them. There you go. And uh, so it was Jack, Charlotte, Norm, Ken, that's me. <laughs> yep, we got and, that. And Dennis was the youngest one. But, yeah, we used to, uh, we turned the... The living room into a, a battle royal every Saturday morning when we were watching uh, nice. uh, wrestling. Now that, that we lived in a unique situation in Portland, Oregon, we were the first family on the block, in the middle class neighborhood, you know, to have a TV. Okay. I was ten years old, 1953. So all the neighborhood kids would come in. I mean, wrestling was it, you know. So. Uh, Within six months, every piece of furniture in the house was broke. <laughs> and we had some nice stuff. Yeah. You know, my parents did. And it all turned into kindling. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's where we, uh, uh, we'd beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> I mean, we didn't know. We thought it was real. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. Christ, we'd be and get the brass knucks out. Boom! You know. <laughs> so, need, needless to say, when you became the professional wrestler, your, your brothers were probably jealous, right? I think they were. Yeah. You know, because I, I started wrestling when I got back from Munich, Germany. I was I competed in Munich as a weightlifter. And uh, I was actually on the 68 Olympic team also that was in Mexico City as a shot putter. But... Uh, I, after that Olympics, I, I, uh, they, they took the top three and then an alternate. I was an alternate because I had, I had injured myself in uh, the Olympic trials for the shot put. I tore a bunch of uh, serratus muscles on my side. I didn't even do it throwing the shot put. I did th- throwing the discus. Mm. Oh, Al Orter is from Long Island here. Oh, really? Do you remember El Orator? I remember the name. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, he was a discus thrower. Wow. He won the gold medal in the discus. He went to Kansas, of all places. He won the discus in the 56 Olympics, the 60 Olympics, 64 Olympics, and 68 Olympics. He's the only guy to win a gold medal in four consecutive uh, Olympic Games. Yeah, hell of a nice guy. He worked for some computer company out here on Long Island. He passed away a few years back. Mm. Really a nice guy, though. Wow. And so he, uh, 
him and a couple other discus throwers were standing out in the parking lot. They say, hey, Pateri, you want to go throw the discus? I said, yeah. So I grabbed my shit and I ran out. We were staying at Echo Summit. That's above uh, Lake Tahoe in Nevada. And uh, so uh, we, uh, the Olympic Committee had built an Olympic Village for us to stay in. Well, all they were was trailers, you know, and they were no paid- McDonald's. Huh? No McDonald's? No, shut up. No. You say he's already throwing a McDonald's shot at you. I nice and early. That. Bam! Yeah, they I've, could have at least I, given I, him I've a done, burger. I've, I've done a million and one things in my life. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, some dickhead <laughs> up there. Way to go, Farrow. Yeah, okay. way to go, Farrow. I'm sorry. What yeah, are you going to do? In fact, your agent told me when I was picking up burgers, he goes, no do McDonald's. not pick up McDonald's. Do you sit? Do you? Absolutely not. You're surrounded by. Go to Wendy's. <laughs> I like Wendy's. <laughs> they serve them. I just had a Wendy's hamburger. <laughs> I, I got I picked it up for you. Yeah, God. thank you. Very, uh, See, respect, choice. Mr. Patera, unlike... Yes. Oh, unlike, I've been set up. What are you going to do? But, uh, yeah, so we were there at uh, Echo Summit out in Nevada, <laughs> just above Lake Tahoe. And that uh, Tahoe is just above... Uh, uh, the biggest little town in Reno. Nevada, Reno. And uh, Reno was famous for whorehouses. You know, they had the Mustang Ranch. Absolutely. And all that stuff. And I go to Reno often. Do you? For work, yeah. Travel there often. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Th- th- you ever been out to the Mustang? <laughs> or is that closed down now? No, Mr. Patera, I'm married. I would never be out <laughs> to the Mustang Ranch. How no, dare you, you go, even you say go that? Out there, and, and uh, there's about 10 <laughs> trailers. And they're uh, surrounded by a big cyclone fence, and they have a buzzer on the gate. They got that pink trailer. I mean, I heard they have a pink trailer oh, over there, too. A what? The, the pink, special pink trailer. Pink trailer. So we hit the... Forget it. Go ahead. Tell your story. Anyway, you go down there. You take your finger, and you push the button, and it buzzes, and they let you in. And you go on the main trailer there. And uh, then the girls come out. There's a line. There's a yellow line right down the middle of the room. And uh, eight, nine, ten girls all line up on that line. And they're all in bikinis. And you, you just pick the one that you want to be with uh, nice. for the next 30, 40 minutes, hmm. 60 what, minutes. What's, what's, the, what's the cost for that? Would you? Well, when I was there in 1968... It's like a drive-thru. It was five dollars. By the way, you don't get this shit with Hannibal. Five bucks. (laughs) Were they worth it? Uh, Two out of the nine that came out that evening were worth it. Wait a minute, I missed it. How much? How much was it? Five dollars. Oh my god! Someone making the money you were making. Forget about it. You could have went through the whole crew. Yeah, Yeah, but only two of them were worth the five. I was an amateur athlete for the United States of Olympic. United States of America in 1968, I had that much money. (laughs) But you must have went back when you became a superstar, a pro wrestling superstar. no reason to go back to Reno. (laughs) God, Reno. (laughs) I was married by then. (laughs) And well behaved. And well behaved. (laughs) Ken, what took the most out out of your body over the years? Was it the preparing for the Olympics? Was it weightlifting? Was it pro wrestling? What took the most out of your body? Wait, really? You know, as far as you know, injuries yeah. over the years, what affected you the most in the yeah. in the long run? Well, the, uh, 
I went to uh, this Harvey O'Phelan, Dr. Harvey O'Phelan. At that time, he was uh, the most famous uh, orthopedic surgeon in the country. And uh, he's president of the Orthopedic Association. He was based in Minneapolis. Real nice guy. And so he says, Ken, I'd been to him several times. He says, Ken, I'd like to do some MRI. MRIs were brand new on the market back in these days. And I says, well, you want to do MRIs for what? He said, I want to see how bad your uh, uh, tendon attachments are. The tendons attach to the bone, and then the muscles attach to the tendon. And he says, I want to know how much damage you have. I'm doing a, kind of a research project. So he took uh, six MRIs, my whole body. Mm. And so then they put them in a computer and everything's laid out. He says, you have absolutely no secure tendon attachments mm. anymore. Everyone, th this is back in the 80s. He says, at any time, these things, your tendons could start pop, literally popping off. Well, guess what? They all started popping. I popped six, six tendons off, and that's that major, major surgery. Like my right elbow, a big scar. I don't know if mm. you can see that. Yep. I popped that baby off, and uh, took a three and a half hour surgery to reattach it. And uh, because when it popped off, then all three heads of the tricep muscle exploded, <laughs> and it was just mush. So, so after surgery, how long does it take you to go back into the gym to recover? About six weeks. Really? That's not too bad. Yeah, but that was just to get back in the gym. Right. Oh, it was six months. Mm. Six months after that type of... And then I was wrestling for McMahon and the WWF at the time, so I had to have a special uh, leather brace made. And uh, I had to wear that for another six months because the doctor said... If, if you pop that tendon off one more time, Ken, you say you know, walk around like with a, uh, your arm at a 45-degree angle, be like a chicken arm. We call that a chicken arm. Wow. Now, you don't want to wind up with a chicken arm. I said, no, I don't. And so I wore that brace for another six months, and it healed perfectly. I, I have uh, full extension of that arm now. So. In good shape, man. Yeah, shit happens, you know. Um. In the uh, Ric Flair ESPN 30 for 30, Rick talks about Vern Gagne running you guys ragged back in the early days. Um, any thoughts on that? Can you elaborate further on what Rick had to say about being run ragged by Vern Gagne? Yeah. What was that yeah. like? Well, uh, our main trainer was a guy by the name of Billy Robinson. and He grew up in Manchester, England. And over in England was uh, uh, like South Africa and uh, Germany and what they called when, when wrestlers started back in the 40s and 50s, they would learn to hook. And hooking uh, in wrestling means that you put a hold on somebody and they, they, they have to give up. It's like uh, MMA, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, uh, the tough man contest, all that stuff. And that's what we went, that's the type of training we did. Then we'd go and do calisthenics for an hour and a half, do like a thousand Hindu squats, you know, and then we'd do, you know, push-ups and, uh, you know, all, all kinds of that. 
And then if you wanted to lift weights afterwards, then that was, you know, that was your free time. So Rick and I and, well, all the guys, Jimmy Brunzel, Greg Gagne, well, Greg Gagne was just a stick. He weighed about 170 pounds. <laughs> My partner calls him uh, tennis legs. Stop. Well, tennis legs. Yeah, but he was able to beat guys uh, that were 6'6", 350. Oh, he Pin their shoulders right to the mat. Wow, was, nice. Yeah, are I we, mean, he's a tough son of a. Are we, ta- are we talking about nepotism here? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> nepotism wins again. For a second, I thought he was so, being serious. You know, since you're talking about Greg, then if nepotism wins again, how come uh, pops didn't put the belt on him to try to save the territory? Well, yeah, well that would have been ugly. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I get. That would have really been ugly. You don't see tennis legs as a heavyweight champion. The what? Tennis legs. Great guy. Yeah. No, that wouldn't work? Heavyweight champion of the well, world? Well, <laughs> Larry Hanning referred to Greg Gagne oh, no. as uh, buggy whip arms, spindly legs. Mm. Buggy whip a, arms? Yeah. Pot belly. Oh, nice. God. A neck like a stack of dimes. Oh, boy. But tough. But tough. Yeah. All right. He's a promoter's kid. <laughs> Was Vern tough, though? Oh, yeah. Could Vern whoop your ass? Vern, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Are you being serious? No, I'm asking. I'm going to come over there. No, 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 no. no, Please don't come over here. No, no, no. (laughs) Was Vern tough enough to take on guys like you? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the question. Vern Vern was national uh, heavyweight wrestling. I know, I understand that. But back in his day... A heavyweight was 200 pounds. Well, not even, right? right. So no, but 198, right. actually. Right. Because you have the light heavyweight up to 196 or 198, and anything after that, you're a heavyweight. Right. Mm. And he won the uh, National Collegiate uh, Championship two or three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And he was voted by the Amateur Wrestling Hall of Fame down in Iowa this is about 20 years ago. He was voted the number one amateur wrestler in the United States mm. for the first 50 years. Sure. Wow. Well, that was my point. Like, I know yeah. Billy Robinson, I heard, was, like, really, really tough, right? He could, he could fuck Sergeant people. Slaughter slapped him around like a red-headed stepchild. Really? Yes. Tell the story. Well, I wasn't there. So then that... There was a, a Sergeant Slaughter... And Chris Taylor, you know, six five, yeah. four hundred pounds. He was a Greco-Roman wrestler in the seventy-two games with me. But uh, Sergeant Slaughter and Chris Taylor and a couple other and the Irwin brothers mm-hmm. from Duluth, Minnesota, they came in the next year into Vern's wrestling camp. And uh, so uh, Billy Robinson was fucking around doing something and. Uh, they got he got in an altercation with Sergeant Slaughter, and Sergeant Slaughter, what we refer to in wrestling as stretching your opponent, that means you get the best of them and then make them give up. Right. Baron von Raschke, you guys remember the Baron? Sure, sure. He was national heavyweight wrestling champion out of Nebraska back in the early '60s. He said uh, he told Billy Robinson at. Uh, uh, train, training camp. He said, "Billy, you're from England. That doesn't mean shit around here. <laughs> Any good collegiate wrestler could whip your ass." 
Wow. He said the only reason you beat people is that they let you have their body. Like the, the, they'll get down the floor and then you try to do something. You'll give them a cheap shot, like driving a knee into the ribs while they're down on the floor, r driving a knee into the hip, you know, cheap shots. And Billy says, well, that's not true. Well, it was true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so Slaughter heard that. And Slaughter wasn't afraid of him anymore. Wow. Yeah. Well, he injured Sheik, didn't he, Billy Robinson? Yeah, I was there. He hurt, was like the he first, hurt him bad. First week of our training uh, camp in 1972, December of 72. Or was that? No, November of 72. So we were all down in a you know referee's position in amateur wrestling, and we'd try to turn each other over and you know escape and everything uh, as if you were in an amateur match. Well, then uh, Billy says, uh, Cosro, that's Iron Sheik. Mm -hmm. Cosro Vasiri is his real name. So uh, uh, Billy's trying to turn, I think, Ric Flair. He couldn't turn him. And so Billy come here, Cosro. I can turn you. Well, Rick weighed 300 pounds, and uh, Cosro weighed 180. And Cosro looks at him, no, no, no coach, no coach. He couldn't speak very good English back in those days, as if he can now. I yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here comes uh, the challenge. Billy said, I can turn you. So Cosro gets down on the mat, you know, uh, spread eagle. Billy Robinson could not even turn him an inch. Mm. While Billy gets pissed off and says, okay, I can't turn you. Well, we'll, we'll do the uh, get down on uh, uh, your hands and knees, you know, like referee position. Mm-hmm. And takes his knee, drives it right into mm. Cosro's hip. Ah, oh, I was there, and I said, "You motherfucker!" You know, what a cheap shot. Yeah, yeah. And well, Cosro says, "Damn near in tears," and just he had a lump and a bruise on his hip for a month after that. Mm. And I, I, I told Billy after training camp that day. You know, it was six hours a day. Yeah, we go to training camp. And I said, why did you do that? Well, he's making fun of me. I said, no, he wasn't making fun of you. He just said that, you know, that you couldn't turn him, you couldn't turn him, and that was it. So yeah. Vern didn't get involved and say, hey, take it easy on these guys? Vern wasn't there. Vern wasn't there at all? No, he was at the office that day. Okay. But Vern did show up a day or two later, and uh, we all had a little powwow, let's say, about what Billy was doing, taking Good. cheap shots and stuff. And then a few weeks after that, Barron comes out and tells Billy that, you know, he couldn't beat an average college wrestler, mm. you know. It, it. So anyway, that, that was it. Well, speaking of tough guys, you have the illustrious career to be able to wrestle against the living legend Bruno, or yeah. former living legend Bruno San Martino, and... Hulk Hogan, who arguably could be the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, your what, opinion, just, in what capacity? How about the greatest drawer of all time? Now you're talking. Okay. 
Now you're talking. Again, when I look at a wrestler, I look at it's not necessarily has to be the greatest wrestler. You know, they they have to have all the tools, right? Good mic skills, right? Have a good look, right? Right. Uh, you know, can wrestle, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be the best wrestler of all time. Yeah, Yeah. serviceable. So give us some. You know, for me. Hulk, I grew up on Hulk Hogan, I guess, yep. and uh, not grew up on it, but to me, he is probably one at least in the top three greatest. But um, can you compare the two? Bruno and Hogan. Yeah. Well, I saw Hulk uh, about a year ago on some talk show, and somebody asked him who the greatest uh, performer was. In wrestling, he says, oh, without, without a doubt, uh, Ric Flair. Mm. I disagree, by the way. Okay, now there's... I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of with him as far as the whole package. Yeah, now, kind you of can't him. really pick one. you got to take a five. It's tough. And, and then ten. Maybe ten would be right. better suited. Yeah, the next thing you know, you have 20, but go on. Yeah, because like Hulk, uh, Hulk had the big foot. Um bounce off the rope and the big leg. Right. Mm-hmm. And what else? Oh, you forgot the other well-rounded part of the arsenal, the three punches. You! That! Yeah, that, but, 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 but... You only need three. At, at, the, three. at the time, <laughs> at the time, that's all that was needed. At the fans again, up. They loved again, it. Again, Minnesota guy, AWA, different than a WWF person that grows up on yep, this type sure, of wrestling with all due respect sure. huge bruno f- fan bruno i didn't think was a great wrestler either nope. and, and he didn't have very good mic skills in my opinion nobody right. thought he was a good wrestler no really but he was yeah. hot yeah right yeah. interesting I, I, i'll tell you a funny story we're at the tv studio in minneapolis and Vern starts uh, there's about 50 of us in there and uh, we're getting ready for some big anniversary deal. So we have Hulk and Mad Dog Vashon, uh, the Giant, uh, Nick Bockwinkel, Ray, Ray the Crippler, Stevens. I mean, shit, everybody was there. Me and Jerry Blackwell. I mean, everybody was there in the studio. So Vern started fucking around with Hulk. Now Hulk 6'5". Uh, at that time, he probably weighed 300, and uh, Vern is like 5'10", uh, 58 years of age, not in the best shape. Mm-hmm. You know, he was all right for going to the tennis court, that because that's where he trained, okay. on the tennis court. Right. And so, he tries to leg dive Hulk. Well, the, let's say here, here. Here's Hulk and here's Vern. So Vern tries to leg dive Hulk. Hulk just collapses on top of him and and hooks him around the waist. <laughs> Vern's on face down on the floor, the concrete floor of the TV studio, and all you see is two hands and two feet sticking out. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just, he's been enveloped. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, professional wrestling is not a tough man sport, right? It's an entertainment. Look, great athletes, Olympic weightlifters. There's a lot of tough people. There's in a yeah, lot right, of but tough it, yeah. I get oh, yeah. that, but it's yeah. not meant to be like who's the toughest, right? No. It's about entertaining, and and Absolutely. that's my point. 
Yeah. Was San Martino, who, in your opinion, who was the better draw, San Martino or Hogan? Oh, Hogan. Logical. But in the beginning, when it was more ethnic, more Italians and Greeks mm-hmm. uh, in the northeast here, well, Bruno, shit, you, you couldn't beat Bruno. Right. I mean, every spaghetti vendor in town. When do you, did you get more butterflies? Like, because you wrestled in the garden against San Martino, oh, sold I had butterflies. out. Oh. Did you have? But did you have more butterflies wrestling Hogan in those crowds or, no. or the San Martino crowds? No, San Martino. Yeah, because I was in awe. Yeah, of Bruno. You know, I'd only been. Uh, I was right out of the Olympics in '72, and here I'm in. Five years later, I'm in Madison Square Garden wrestling Bruno in the main event. And he was a big Ken Patera fan. He watched all my weightlifting in the national championships, the Pan American Games where I won four gold medals, the Olympic Games. And shit, he even knew about my shot putting uh, career uh, when I was at uh, Brigham Young University. And uh, so uh, I, when I came into wrestling, every, all the wrestlers knew who I was. And, you know, of course, I don't realize that, you know. I, I, I'm just another amateur uh, athlete, you know, just a, another stiff, oh. you know. I'm, I'm just, not going to say I'm that. I'm just curious. Compare, since you did work with the great Bruno Sammartino, what was his strength level? To me, he's natural strength. Look at yeah. him. Man, yeah. later on, we were... We saw a lot of Rick Rudes and Macho Mans and, you know, the steroid look and the bicycle oh. pump in the arm. Can I, can I, can How? I, can I just add on that? Yeah, Cause sure. this is a, cause I, I was, that's a great question. Okay. Ken, can I assume that you took steroids at some point or another? I, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But on a, okay. So I hated needles and I hated pills. Understood. Okay. okay. So my partner brings up a great point. San Martino obviously hated steroids and mm-hmm. you, great Olympic champion that you were. He had to have known you were on steroids, right? I hated steroids, but, but he knew I knew you... I had to take some. Were right? you ever pressured to take? Yeah. Steroids? You were pressured. Okay. Yeah. So did San Martino ever talk to you about that at all? Yeah, like... I talked to Bruno about it. Try to discourage was... you from taking roids? or? No, this is way after okay. the Olympics. Okay. You know? okay. This is from 72 okay. to when I first met Bruno in 76. How was his strength level, though, getting back to my question, compared to well, some of I, these amazing specimens we saw later? With yeah, the... yeah, not not really, because he was past his prime, and he wasn't lifting heavy weights anymore okay. when I wrestled him. Okay. So, you know, body not the strength. Same. But, okay. yeah, you, you know you're in the ring with somebody. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, How about I, guys back in those days who could compare to your strength? Your strength is legendary. How about a guy like yeah. Tony Atlas? Was there anyone else you ever got in the ring with and said, wow, this guy's actually as strong as me? Well, or close. No, or close. Well, there again, you know, to- Tony had more arm strength than leg strength. Okay. Seriously. Okay. Hmm? Yeah, he bench okay. pressed six, almost 600 pounds. He couldn't right. squat 600 pounds. Right. I think, right. Tony, I think Tony said he benched 651 he broke San Martino's record or something yeah, when something he was in the studio. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. What about Bravo? Dino Bravo. Dino did six thirty. Legit. Wow. Yeah, Dino was a. Uh, Ken, the story goes uh, back when you're in the WWF um, that they that Vince Senior promised to make you the transitional heavyweight champion before Backlund. Yeah. But that fell through, and they gave it to Graham. Yeah. Um, and then that's why they gave you the Intercontinental title. Can you tell that story? Well, 
that was kind of complicated, but let, let me see if I can stumble through this fucking mess. <laughs> Superstar Billy Graham was working for uh, Eddie Graham down in Florida Territory. Uh, Backlund and I were up here in the WWF. And uh, so Vince was being pressured by Bruno to put the belt on me. You know, because Bruno wanted to wrap his career up. And so the old man says, well, he said, guys like Patera, there's very few of those guys. that They don't need a belt. You know, they can go in these big arenas and sell turnaway crowds uh, every night without having a championship belt, you know. So I'd, I'd like to put it on uh, Billy Graham. And this is after Billy Graham fucked the whole WWF over. You know, scammed him, him and uh, Ivan Koloff. You know, all, this goes way back, you know, to like 74, 75, 72. What was the scam? What yeah, I, don't, I never heard I'm the story. They're holding them up for money. Okay. They wanted, yeah, Ernie, yeah, Ernie okay. Ladd. Okay. Yeah. Like so Ernie. Graham was in the WWF and held them up for money, and then they, huh? Graham was in the WWF? Yeah, yeah right. Okay. Yeah, they wanted more more money for their matches. They all want to be paid main event level. By, mm. by the way, i got to mention this. I never agreed with this that somebody... Now, they, while it may be true that someone is so over that they don't need the belt, did that bother you that they didn't give you the belt? Because that would bother me. Your world championship material, did that even annoy well, you? Well, I took uh, old man Vince at his word that he was, he was going to put the belt on me. It would get to you. Yeah, it okay. would get to me. Okay. Well, it should have. Then uh, the uh, Intercontinental belt came up, mm -hmm. and that got to me. Then it was supposed to get back to me again, mm -hmm. and it never that evolution never materialized. Were you aware at the time? I mean, I probably not, but I, I I'm just curious. When you first held that Intercontinental title, being so brand new, did you have any idea that this belt would have longevity, would have all these years later this great history that you basically helped start? Uh, I mean, no, I was very selfish. I didn't give a fuck about the Intercontinental. Okay, okay. Hey, that's fine, <laughs> Because too. at that time, nobody knew what it was going to be. Vince mm -hmm. didn't know what it was going to mm -hmm. be. Right. We took it very seriously yeah, as fans. I, we I know, like, but wow. it was, it was to, to the wrestlers, it was just there. Just there. It was a belt. Right. And then, you know, it did evolve into a big deal until Miss China uh, uh -oh, beat all the WWF superstars. Uh -oh, here we go. Uh, uh, that killed the. She's not pinning you, is she? <laughs> no. She, she, she might pin Triple H. Oh, Jericho. Uh, you know. Yeah. 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 Jarrett. Uh, although, did Jarrett refuse? I can't remember anymore. Can you? Yeah, uh, she, she was really a smart girl. Mm. No, very smart. Yeah, she really, mm. a lot of brilliant. demons and like yeah. a lot of people, right? Yeah. Can you compare senior and junior? In your what? opinion, can you compare senior and junior? Mm-hmm. The difference between senior and junior, senior was a diplomat. Everything evolved around a diplomatic basis. You take a little bit, I take a little bit. You take a little bit. Nobody took everything. Mm -hmm. uh, his office was the top left-hand pocket of his shirt. Okay. Yeah. 
That that was his filing system, was the <laughs> pocket of his shirt. Okay. When he told you something, his word, it was going to come true. You could bank on it. Now, the kid he grew up in a different generation, of course, and he knew he's going to inherit that business, so he thought it was owed to him. Diplomacy go out the fucking window, Jack. You know, I'm the boss here now. What I say goes. If I want to turn this supposedly uh, borderline for real sport entertainment to a theatrical cartoon show, I'm going to do it. Well, that's where the money was. Theatrical cartoon show. How did you that know? make Ken Patera feel? Did you ever pull him into the office and go, what the F are you doing to the sport that I love so much? What, what's going on here? No, I never said in the, in that context, but I did uh, tell him when I was ready to wrap it up. I said, uh, Vince, I got my, my grip here. I can either set it down and go put my gear on, get ready for the show, or I can keep it in my hand, turn around, walk the fuck out of here. And not and no regrets. Mm. Well, what, what do you mean? So I told him what what the problem was. I wasn't making any money. This is you know six months uh, prior to me uh, actually retiring, mm -hmm. which was uh, Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. That was the first Survivor Series, uh, Thanksgiving Day, nineteen eighty eight, and that so. When I had that conversation with Vince, uh, he said, "Well, uh, could 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 you hang out? Uh, you know, but, but we can improve that weekly deal." Hey, I was on the road some weeks. The straw that broke the camel's back, as the sheik would say, was when I got a fucking paycheck. Minus fifty dollars. I owed the WWF fifty dollars for wow. being on the road for like ten straight days. Wow. Yeah. Bite my ass. <laughs> so and, my and so that that's what brought it right to I said, What the fuck is this all about? They had me out on a California circuit wrestling and podunk uh, whatever little town out there. You know, making uh, $150, and it cost me $250 a night to make it. You know, your rent-a-car was 75 bucks. Your hotel was like 75 bucks. Your beer was, you know, like 20 or 30 Your food was 20 or 30 And, then, you know, next thing you know, uh, you're spending uh, 200, 200 to 250 bucks a night to make 150 And this went on for 10 days? Ridiculous. Are you fifty bucks, a neg negative. I owe the fucking office fifty bucks. All right, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We got about five minutes left, and we're going to have the Pharaoh's final question. Be right back, folks. I got to pee. Jimmy, I got to take a dump. What? No, I mean I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, six three one nine hundred dump. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... 
Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Jeff Quest, graphics design, custom vinyl lettering, and all your art and video needs. 516-317-8204. That's for Jeff Quest, graphic design. In the mood for a freshly roasted cup of coffee? www.offtherailscoffeeroasters.com You want to star in your own success? Call QuickCast, www.quickcast.com, 866-7-CAST-NOW. That's 866-7-CAST-NOW, QuickCast. Star in your own success. Jimmy, I just got the best hookup on tickets. Hmm, fill me in. I went to www.seatslinks.com. And ordered the best tickets with the best prices. Call 718-676-0504. SeatsLink, the complete ticket experience. Tell them Charles sent you. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence. Collision Specialist. 631-261-6420. That's 631 631- Two six one six four two zero Auto Excellence. That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call six three one five four nine fifteen forty four. That's six three one five four nine fifteen forty four. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Faro, with our special guest, Mr. Ken Patera. Ken, we're going to hit you with the Faro's final question. All righty. We're going to let you go, my friend. Yep, final. Nah, this should be. Another one. No, and I won't include fast food chains either. And it's not McDonald's. We'll leave that that to Hannibal. No fat, no fat. Yeah, leave it. Who? I need pills to stay awake. Next. 
Uh, it all started, as I you know, got to say to you before we uh, began the show, it all started for me back in 1980. I wanted to ask you about the awesome combination of you and the Grand Wizard. What was it like working with the Grand Wizard? You guys were magic together. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about he, the Wizard. He, he was a funny little guy. Ernie uh, Roth. Yeah. Uh, him and my wife were in love with each other. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, he was a homosexual. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was straight because she loved me, but she also loved the, the wizard. Okay. And uh, how that came about, I was actually being manager managed by Lou Albano at the time. Mm-hmm. And, my, and we were living in Charlotte, but I was commuting up here. You know, uh, well, three times a month, I guess. Okay. And she would come up often enough, you know, because she liked to go over to Fifth Avenue and spend all my fucking money. <laughs> and uh, I was making, for those days, you know, You're I was good. like uh, these baseball and football players now. Right. And so, I mean, I wasn't making millions. Well, back in those days, nobody made millions. Right. But anyway, uh, my wife says, Ken, I think you should make a manage, uh, manager switch. I said, what are you talking about? Well, Lou Albano's fine. Lou is Captain Lou, and Lou has his own thing, but he tries to steal all the attention from you. You know, during the interviews and during the match, and especially the TV matches, you know, you're beating a, your opponent up, you throw him out of the ring, and Lou runs over there and pounds the dog shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what, what's left for you? He's taking all your... I said, well, yeah, that's kind of how Lou is. Well, fuck Lou. <laughs> she said, I've been talking to Ernie. I said, the, the, the Grand Wizard? Yeah. I said, well, wait, what do you guys have up your sleeve? Well, we want you to drop Lou and uh, be with uh, the Grand Wizard, Ernie Ross. And I said, well, let me kick this around. I'll talk to Ernie about it. Then I'll talk to Vince McMahon, uh, old man Vince McMahon, the, right, the original. Mc- so anyway, that's how that transition happened. It was because of my wife. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Like, so she's counterproductive spending your money, but she's hooking you up with the wizard. So yeah, there's something yeah, in the middle you can there. See, yeah. Interesting. That's exactly the way okay. it should be put. Okay. And I thought that the two of you were great together. Nobody yeah. was dominating the other character. Yeah. It was very complimentary. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Grand Wizard had a lot of friends uh, uh, off Broadway, on Broadway, <laughs> in Broadway. Well, they're all gay. So he used to take uh, my wife and I down to some of those Broadway shows. Oh, God. <laughs> nice. I, I don't think there was a straight person in, you know, backstage, you know, the performers and stuff. There might have been a few straight people out in the audience, but everybody, oh, that, that was the gay blade, as I referred to it back <sighs> in those days. I wow. said, God, is there any straight people around here? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, with, but, yeah, yeah that's, that's how it was back in those days. With yeah. that, I want to thank you, Mr. Patera, for gracing us with your presence. What an incredible interview. Thank you for Thanks the time. For thank thank you. you for coming. Thank you. It's our honor. Appreciate it. I was, just happened to be 
passing by, you know. Yeah, well, there you go. Out on the LIE here. Well, you saw the banner out in front of the, the, the building? Yeah. You can catch Monty Nefaro on YouTube, Monty Nefaro page, Facebook Live, Monty Nefaro page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Channel 115, and Channel 20. Stay tuned. In about three minutes, we've got the nasty boys. Thank you again, Mr. Patera. Yeah, thank you. God bless. Yeah, I was just out in the audience uh, 